I'm going to go in the intro now. All right. Hit it. Thanks for listening to episode 16 of Hip Squared. I'm your co-host, John Beecham. And I'm Troy Kramer. This is American Fantastic Pop Culture Podcast, celebrating everything from the mainstream to the independent, weird, old, and local. Troy, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. I had a super chill weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much hung out, uh, wanted to... I had this real urge to build something because I've been listening to a lot of um, Adam Savage like podcasts yeah. and videos. So um, you had to do something that made you feel manly? I or? did. Uh, so I built a strand beast. What? Exactly. Um, it's a it's a design by oh this feels horrible. Um, so an artist that... in Den- Denmark, okay. um, and it's the real ones are these like large, about twenty foot tall PVC and surgical tubing monstrosities okay. uh, that are built uh, to be powered by wind, and they walk across the beaches. That's really neat. Oh, I think I've seen this before um, uh, on Reddit. They just kind of like amble. Yeah. Um, okay. So what you can do is you can buy a mini Strom Beast mm-hmm. from like a Japanese company. They sell a kit for like 12 bucks. Um, okay. But it gives you all the parts. You put it all together and then like you can blow, you can like blow on the, uh, on the fans. Mm-hmm. And it'll start walking across. It's really cool. You can become a god. I know. I've, <laughs> I've created life in yeah. plastic. When so. he said strong beast, I thought it sounded like something that Dr. Krieger would make. Right. Some archer. <laughs> yeah. But that's neat. I um I just been working overtime, so I've sort of been burning the candle at both ends lately. Mm-hmm. And um it's like I only work it when it's this much when it's mandatory. Yeah. But um I I figured out that uh I can get like a twenty minute power nap in and my car during my lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> So hey man, you lunch. do you. I, I try and walk. Some people get their power naps in. Yeah, it just depends on depends on what you need. Exactly. Um, well, I guess I'll start things off this week. So, I've been listening to a lot of uh, the band Gorillas. They have a new album called Humans. Yeah, I've been hearing about this. Yeah. How long have they been they been working on this album? Um, I think it's been about two or three years. Okay. It's been a while. I, the last album that I know that, that they came out with that made a big splash was Plastic Beach. Okay. And I think that was, that could have been like three or four years ago. I'd have to look it up to be sure. But mm-hmm. it's their first big big project in a while. Um, for those of you that don't know who the Gorillas are, they are... Um, a band made up of uh, originally it was like the lead singer of Blur and the original album Del the Funky Homo Sapien was on a few tracks they have a few other people but they're all represented by cartoon characters Mm -hmm. and they inhabit this kind of like fictional um, sci-fi wonderland Mm -hmm. and um, just kind of like get into all sorts of scraps and adventures as they sing and express themselves. Yeah, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people that have listened to Gorilla songs, and you've probably listened to Gorilla songs mm-hmm. and maybe not known that's who they were. What are their big ones? Um, well, they do Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Good. Yeah. Good. What's the one I'm thinking of? It's like Good Vibes or something like that. I don't know. There's <sighs> there's a few of them. There's one that has Snoop Dogg on track. Mm-hmm. Um. There's, I don't know. Because Clint, Clint Eastwood's the one that always yeah. comes to mind, but there should be, like, there's, like, two or three other tracks that I've heard that I really like. Yeah. There's a few. There's, um, they, so they came out with the Gorillas originally. That was, mm-hmm. I believe, um, like, late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the one that had Clint Eastwood on it. That's the one that kind of established them and, like, the idea of them. Okay. Like a cartoon band. They kind of remind me a little bit of, um, like, a band like The Monkees. Right. Like, yeah. They're kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's part of it, too. But they're kind of like, uh, like, the characters that they inhabit are as much of the personality of the band as the music itself is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do kind of, like, this neat blending of genres like they do a little bit of hip-hop and electronic mm-hmm. music kind of like rock music the guy the lead singer has this like really kind of like haunting soft voice right yeah and you can this, really tell in, yeah. in Clint Eastwood but um they they also kind of have a habit of coming up with stories that uh or videos that tell stories Feel good ink. That's the yeah, other one I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, what is it? Called? Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, good. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of a lot of music has this um, idea that you can enjoy it outside of any other context. Obviously, just listening to it. Uh, but with the gorillas, they like they have they have incorporated um, the visual aspects so much into their music. And a lot of people that have listened to it don't know that, but like yeah. their, their, uh, music videos are really well done. <laughs> yeah. They have, it, it's kind of neat. Cause each, um, each album seems to tell its own story and mm-hmm. the videos are all like linked visually and narratively to each other. Mm-hmm. So in, um, uh, plastic beach, there is a, um, a video that's just one long car chase scene with Bruce Willis pursuing the gorillas that are in this kind of like old beat up car. Okay. And Bruce Willis is shooting at them with his like giant silver revolver. Okay. And um, one of the characters gets shot in the head. Ooh. But since she's sort of like this weird robot creature, she's kind of okay. But you just see. So you're like a. Yeah, blown out hole. And then in the next. Um, so in that video, Bruce Willis eventually chases them off, and they go around this bend and like fall into off a cliff into the ocean. Okay. And then their car, at the very end, like the little stinger at the end, is a turns into a shark. Okay. And then the very last, and then the um, the video that follows up to that, they're in all these submarines going through underwater, hmm. and it's kind of like a, it reminds me of, of like a 21st century version of Yellow Submarine. Oh, okay. Because then it becomes like this crazy armada of all these like weird ships and crafts and um, creatures, and um, Snoop Dogg is on the album, so of course like you see him okay. and one of them. And I was going to ask how psychedelic this was, because yeah, that's pretty, the vibe I'm getting. It's pretty psychedelic and um, pretty kind of like just... It, it's weird with uh, gorillas because their their music is it like evokes these sort of like silly and like strange ideas and like your imagination and like some of them like uh, Clint Eastwood definitely have like a hook and are like melodic and like get stuck yeah. in your head or like feel good ink because like that too is like more upbeat. Mm-hmm. But then they also, he also the guy from Blur has such a haunting voice mm-hmm. that it's like tinged with this weird sadness that um I know it's like the melancholy. Like makes it that much more interesting. Yeah. The, so the melancholy voice, along with like the upbeat beat, just yeah. keeps you, keeps you not. It keeps you unsteady. Exactly. Maybe. Exactly. And um, it's it's got a lot of really um, just neat textures and flavors throughout. So okay. Yeah. So if anybody uh, wants to hear something from the Gorillas, mm-hmm. I definitely recommend Humans. They have a big back catalog. Uh, one cool thing you can do if you really want to watch a bunch of neat music videos is there is a uh, compilation clip 
on YouTube that tells all of their videos narratively. Oh, like, really? Are, yeah. Okay. So it's because uh, I haven't. You might have been able to tell from like my uh, earlier. I haven't seen a whole lot of their videos. Mm-hmm. The ones that I have seen are, I think, I think I've seen Feel Good Inc. But I've definitely mm-hmm. seen Clint Eastwood several times. Um, just because I really like that video and the song, it's very. There's catchy. a really neat one um, called Saturn Beats that's on the new album. Okay. So that kind of sets up, I guess, the narrative of this album's music videos because it's basically all of them going through this car, mm-hmm. and they come off at this uh, house that's in this lot that's kind of like under the shadow of this giant expressway going through it. It looks like all the other houses nearby have kind of just been, like, torn down to make room for this huge expressway. Uh, and they they kind of come into this haunted house, and then they all separate. Okay. So one of them... That sounds familiar. Yeah, it's kind of like a horror movie cliche almost. Yeah. But it's like they're exploring this, like, weird haunted house, and they all kind of go on their own little adventure. Hmm. Okay. Um, one of them goes into a bath. One of them takes a nap. Mm-hmm. One of them starts making food from the fridge. But then, basically, like, when they're in there, like, it starts off just being this, like, abandoned, derelict house. But then when the beat drops in, there's, like, monsters that kind of, like, creep out of the shadows. I wonder if I've watched this video. That sounds really familiar. Yeah. <sighs> See, I don't know if I'm, I'm just, it's like, It's got a weird blend of CGI and cel-shaded animation. Yeah. They, they do have a really nice art style. And there's a, um, there, on this, an actual song, Saturn Beats, it's this Jamaican, oh, he's, like, a Caribbean hip-hop artist okay and everything he does is auto-tuned okay and so it's like him singing over this weird beat Mm -hmm. so that was another thing is that don't they pick up like different artists from different bands throughout the whole like through all of their music not just like each time they want to make a new album they get a new band no it's like each different song yeah it's like there's just huge collaborations between a lot lot of different artists Mm -hmm. um that carly simon is on the newest album okay (laughs) Among a few other people. Mm. Um, but it's really neat the way those... Because it's kind of like in the newest Gorillaz album, um, each song must have its own style. Okay. So there are certain ones that are like these upbeat, um, like almost like dance songs. Mm-hmm. And then other ones, um, Vince Staples is on the new one. He's okay. got this really cool, like catchy hip-hop tune. Okay. But um, so it's so just a wide range of yeah, whatever like, you're kind of interested in. They got yeah, it, <laughs> and it kind of reminds me of um, so the soundtrack for Compton, the movie that came out about oh, um, yeah. NWA. Did you see that? Uh, I did not, but I heard it was very good. Yeah, it's really neat. It's kind of <laughs> like an hour and a half long, really good, like almost like a behind the music kind of style uh-huh. episode, or like it's telling the story of the band coming up. Um, but Dr. Okay. Dre mm-hmm. produced the album. Okay, and um. Dr. Dre is on it, on the soundtrack, but he also invites all of these other musicians and almost like a few okay. different ones for each song. Like Kendrick Lamar is on one. Okay. And, and I think that the um, the Gorillaz' new album is almost like that. It's almost as much as like they produced the album mm-hmm. as they actually sat down and recorded every single song themselves. So it's it's very much like a collaborative effort. It does sort of have like feel of a soundtrack because every like a lot of the different a lot of the songs are from different genres. Okay. I was gonna say that and then you say it has a feel of a soundtrack, I'm guessing it has a nice flow to it because as a like well produced album that is yeah getting decent critical acclaim. Is it getting decent critical acclaim? I think so. I think the main criticism I've heard from it is that there's not enough gorillas actually on the album. Okay. So they don't have 
as many of the songs that are dominated by what you would imagine is like their kind of sound. Oh, okay. So hmm. I think that's so it's kind of like if you can be flexible and open minded enough, uh, you can enjoy it for what it's worth. But I can also imagine that if you're already really heavily invested in the gorillas and like yeah, and yeah, you well, enjoy that... them, like it might be kind of like not what you're really expecting because it's. It doesn't sound as much like their old work as Mm -hmm. what you would would imagine. And I kind of see that being upsetting since it's like, oh, man, I've been waiting three years for them to come out with a new album. I can't wait. All right, here it is. It's not it's not them. It's it's everyone else. What's going on? I definitely think it's um, worth listening to. And I think it's kind of like it's neat getting exposed to lots of different kinds of artists. Okay. Because I don't think I could sit through a whole album of Caribbean autotune. <laughs> but I could sit through a song and uh, enjoy that for what, it, for what it is. But, um, or like, yeah, like I probably wouldn't just sit down and listen to a whole Carly Rae Simon album. But, <laughs> but listen to a song, listen yeah, to a song. Carly, yeah, so, hmm. but yeah, I definitely think you should check it out. Um, and the videos for this one are... They're very neat. So the Saturn Beats one is um, the only one that has, like, a really long, complicated story. Okay. The other one, um, I was watching them with Maple on Monday, and he remarked that they some of them sort of seem like screensavers. Oh, okay. Because just... it'll be, it'll be like, one image, uh-huh. but it'll be slightly changing. So one of them is uh, the dance track is a star that has all these crazy glowing um, pulsating colors and rhythms, and then there's also one, like, that takes place... Uh, looking out at the expressway that that house is nearby. Okay. And then you see the pulse of the cars in fast motion. Hmm. Um, but, and, th- and that's the, what's neat too, is that it seems like this weird house has some sort of secret, or is it at least like the nexus for all these strange happenings. Oh, it's so like everything's coming from this, this yeah. one place. And then there's also a few little weird scenes from outer space, <laughs> which I don't really know. Why not? How to explain. <laughs> um, but yeah, but uh, you should definitely check them out mm-hmm. and pick up their old albums if you haven't or um, listen to them. I, I think it's cool to like when a new album comes out, you can listen to everything start to finish. Okay. Or um, there's tons of videos out too. Okay. So you could also go listen to those. So if I'm new and I haven't listened to much of the girls, what should I listen to um, to get me introduced? So, I think a Feel Good Inc. and Clinice would be a good pairing. Some of, the, some of their classics, yeah. Yeah. Good, a good a good pairing. A good I like pairing, that description. Yeah, like a nice fine wine. Uh, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, Girls' new album just came out. I couple, think it was this week. Oh, yeah. was it that recent? I thought oh, it was no, this week. Show, maybe yeah. this month. Okay. Yeah, Humans with a Z. Humans oh, with a Z. Oh, I also found out the origin of the name Gorillas. Oh, really? Yeah, so apparently... They've had Blur has this weird rivalry with Oasis. Okay. Uh, just because they were both very popular British rock uh, bands in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Gallagher brothers, who are the core of Oasis, have huge egos. And one of them once asked, like, okay, if like, if you if one of you is the Beatles and one of the, is the Rolling Stones, like, who is each? <laughs> and, okay. Uh, they go. <laughs> We're the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. It's like, they're, they're, those guys are just a bunch of apes. And so uh, that's where girls came from. Oh, uh, that's one of those. It's like, ah, yeah, I see what you, you did read there. That, about that in the history books. There you go. <laughs> All righty. Speaking of the history books, um, geez, two weeks ago now, uh, I took a trip to uh, Europe. And while I was there, we visited London. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and while we were in London, um, we got to check out a couple shows on the West End. So... 
for those of you that don't know, London is very well known. Has a so like impressive theater community. Yeah. Um, it's still thriving. It's still very thriving, very much. Uh, West End Soho is the is the big area. You can um, if you go to like a couple of these. There are a couple different booths early mm-hmm. in the morning. You can normally get relatively cheap tickets to high quality shows. Um, so we did that one day. Uh, mm-hmm. We got tickets that morning. We were wondering, it's like, do we want to go to? You can go see like Wicked, Book of Mormon. It's like I've seen all those. I know yeah. what those are. So we went to go <laughs> see uh, the Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Yeah, hell of a uh, title, first of all. Um, but it's a play mm-hmm. uh, based on a book, uh, which you, I believe, you yeah, read. read. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had not read, so I didn't really know anything going into it. Um, and it's about it's about this story of a kid a kid 15 year old yeah. um, told from his perspective uh, and the kid has some sort of mental um, disability mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of pointed out like it's probably autism um, if you read on what the author has said it's not technically autism it might mm-hmm. be autism but it might not be but that's not really important to the story yeah. um, it's different but it's different. Something's yeah. some he has some disconnect with the real world and how he perceives things. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the whole story is him like writing this, wanting to write this book uh, about this dog. Whoa! How did I not write this down? It's either Wilson or Winston. Winston. Mm-hmm. I think it's Winston. That uh, sounds a little bit more British. It's it's very <laughs> it's incredibly British. Um, Wilfred. Maybe Wilfred? it's Wilfred. I don't know. It starts with a W, and it's a yeah. weird British name for a dog. That um, in the start of the show, the dog gets killed, and mm-hmm. everyone's accusing or everyone's accusing him, and he's taken to jail. And like the dog was murdered. The dog was murdered. So the dog. Yeah. The the show starts, and there's like this dog, like this outline of a dog, and there's a uh, pitchfork <laughs> through him. Oh my god. Yeah, it's incredibly violent, but it's like also kind of throws you off. Like that's really yeah. weird that happens. Um, and early on, you realize something's not right in just the way you're seeing the play. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that it's described is just um, our kid who, oh my gosh, I didn't write this down either. That's really a, that's Does it really look bad. different like from the stage? Like it looks like you're seeing it from a weird perspective? Yeah, so how it ends up being is that he's his interactions with people are very uh difficult he doesn't understand sarcasm he doesn't get analogies um things like that um a con and it's like this is a common um issue with people mm-hmm. with autism is they don't get these things and when he's interacting with the police he has those issues he doesn't like it when people touch him mm-hmm. um so when the police officer goes to try and calm him down by grabbing him he freaks out uh, and he ends up getting arrested like yeah. early on so it's all told from his perspective and there's a couple things in the show um, that I think they did really well. So first of all, it's a very, um, anytime that there's like a big, uh, what, what, what's a good way to describe it? Um, flashy scene. Yeah. So there's one, so he's taking a train uh, from one city to another and as mm-hmm. he's looking out the train, He's seeing this town go by, and he's trying to count all these things in that town. And as he's doing that, he's counting. He's like, there's 
four houses, and there's three branches in that tree over there, and there's 16 <laughs> dogs in that. Yeah, and as he's counting he's these, these, it's the sounds building up in the background, and this building, building, and all these different cacophonies of mm-hmm. uh, different things, like uh, very like tech- technological like beeps and boops sounds. And eventually it builds up, builds up to the point that it's, it's hard, hard to hear yourself think, and it goes quiet. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next thing you hear is, oh, my God, you just pissed yourself. <laughs> so the, the whole premise is that, like, you're seeing this show through mm-hmm. his eyes while also watching him. Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime that he has these big issues, like, he's the world's becoming too intense for him. It's overwhelming. It becomes overwhelming. The, um, the lights on the stage will start flashing and moving around a whole That's bunch. It's, it's very distracting and hard to, like, focus on any one thing. Um, there's another scene where he's in a subway. Um, oh, he's once he's so he's taking the train um, from his small town because he lives mm-hmm. in a small town, and he's trying to get to his mom who lives in London. Okay. So he takes this train, and once he gets to the train, now he needs to take the subways. And if you've ever been in the subways, anytime or any, ever been in a subway, anytime that a subway goes by, it's really loud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just the whole approach. Is, yeah, um, the wind rushing by, um, the announcements telling you it's like this has arrived. Please watch the gap. All all of this stuff, and it just like uh, it's very loud. And for us, we can filter most of it out. But for someone like Christopher, um, it's very hard for him to filter these uh, these sounds out. So he like every time uh, when he's trying to get on the subway, he has to get into a routine to realize like what's going on, mm-hmm. and eventually he can uh, he'll get acclimated to that. Um, Man, that seems like a very intense sort of life. It is. I'm 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 sure it is. And um, it's. Man, it would be hard as a 15-year-old, even a regular 15-year-old, to travel across the country by themselves. Yeah. But well, is it like a real kid, like teenager, that they get to play, or is it somebody that just looks young? Um, it's probably somebody in like their 20s. Yeah. It's going to be very demanding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure you could do it with a, a very good 15-year-old actor. It's probably someone in their 20s because mm-hmm. with shows like that, you know, that at that range, you're – you can still be pretty young and pull and it off. Going on all the time. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but his um, yeah. The in terms of the actors, um, Christopher was played very well. Uh, he's pretty much a straight man. He doesn't he doesn't laugh mm-hmm. at anything. Um, or he la- yeah, he doesn't laugh at anything, and he sees the world in a very rigid way. Um, and the the story itself is actually like a very intense story mm-hmm. um i don't know how much of it i want to ruin but I'd, I'd recommend reading the book yeah the book's really good too the book's really good and, and short it's not it's not a long book that's tough to slog through or anything right and i i i need to read the book because i, I want to see how they do scenes where uh things get overwhelming for christopher mm-hmm. um i'm sure it's something along the lines of um the text becomes really jumbled. Well, or they, it's they, all told in first person. I remember that. Right. And I think it is kind of like the language maybe mm-hmm. is a little different sometimes the way he uses it. But it's always very easy to understand kind of like what's going on and the way he perceives things. But it never, I don't remember it becoming like really uncomfortable or like. Weird. Okay. I don't know. See, because that's something the, that I think that they did very well in the show is that 
they wanted to portray to you this is how uncomfortable he is like mm -hmm. in these in these situations this is how he's feeling yeah. i mean we could tell you how he's feeling that's that's one way to do it but no we want you to we want you to feel how intense all of these sounds are yeah. and how hard it is for him to focus it's and just do anything it's neither they give him the story to tell himself instead of somebody quote-unquote normal seeing it through their eyes right like, and the, they give him so much agency in the story right and how they do it is essentially the first half of the show is him talking to his therapist and uh talking about uh this book that he's writing the curious I, I don't know if they actually call that the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime mm -hmm. and it's this green and the in the show it's this green physical book that he's carrying around it's like and this is happening in this chapter and this and, and this mm -hmm. happens next and then this happens next and this book ends up becoming an important part to the show because yeah. his dad doesn't want him like wor working on this uh, for reasons that are important to the show. Uh, yeah. But um, so that's what the the whole first act is. And then once you get into the second act, um, it's really interesting because at the end of the first act, because in the first act he's in this small city. At the mm -hmm. end of the first act he leaves, and when he leaves, that means he's no longer. And interacting with this therapist mm -hmm. so now you get this whole story uh, where it's not he's trying to write this book but um he's trying to t like tell this play or write a play that's neat um and i think he's telling uh he's telling his therapist this later but he's trying to write this play so you'll get these really funny interactions where um he's at the school and this one guy goes it's like oh chris i want to be part i want to be in your play i want to be with the police officer mm -hmm. chris goes you can't be the police officer you're too old <laughs> so then later in the second That's act funny. you see this guy walk up like as the police officer's like hey what are you doing like what are chris? you doing over here and then chris just looks at him and he's like you're too old <laughs> <laughs> he's like what so it, you get funny interactions with this it's a very comical play mm -hmm. um but it's also very lighthearted and tells a great story yeah. are there any well-known people in it uh, no, not the version I saw. Okay. Um, it was the play originally came out in 2012. It's done a couple different productions okay. over the place. Uh, the one I saw was just a theater in Soho. There's so many there. Um, while I was in Soho, actually, mm -hmm. there was um, they were doing a production of Don Juan in Soho, mm -hmm. and Don yeah. Juan was played by David Tennant. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the Tenth Doctor. Any? Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, so that was Curious Incident of Dog of the Nighttime. And the other show that I wanted to talk about, and I've realized I've given myself like four minutes to talk mm -hmm. about it, which really stinks because this is the one I really want to talk about. Um, in addition to seeing that show, we also went to see a show at the location of the, the Globe in yeah. London, um, which was rebuilt, a replica of it was rebuilt back in 2012, 2007, yeah. something like that, um, mm -hmm. by Sam Wanamaker, an American actor. Mm -hmm. Um, we went to go see Othello, Othello in the Sam Wanamaker Playhouse Indoor Theater. So it's a smaller indoor theater, um, probably seats about 300 people, mm -hmm. um, but it's all done by candlelight. That's really neat. Yeah. So the whole theater without any lights on is incredibly dark, probably dangerous, um, <laughs> but um, the show's all done by candlelight, which gives you these really neat effects. Um, if you want to see people's faces, mm -hmm. um, and let's say it's night out. So like you're seeing the scene you're doing is at night. Well, if you want to see people's faces, they have to hold a sconce that like right up to their face, just so you can see the outline and their reaction. A sconce, like, um, like one of those call like a uh, cuffs that fans out. What's yes. It's so how they did it, um, was essentially, uh, had a wall and had like three candles in it, but they okay. were able to hold it. Oh, so it was like a torch. Kind it was of like thing. a torch. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but they were using those just to light their face so you can see mm-hmm. them. Um, and then when they would transition to day, there was six large chandeliers and they would have to light each individual candle. Wow. So you would have these actors like, oh, we need, uh, now it's daytime. And they're having this conversation, they're talking, and the whole time they're lighting all of these candles on this on these giant chandeliers cool. yeah it was, so that's they actually would do this back in ye old times uh yes these are kind of the kind of things that I like guess if you're somebody that's rich and it's like you right need to be entertained at nighttime when it's going to be dark all winter right so um the indoor theater was made because uh during the winter they couldn't do shows in the outdoor theater it was just mm-hmm. too cold people wouldn't come so they made an indoor theater um approximately this size about this many people would come mm-hmm. and it would be for the richer folk for the people that can actually afford it That's neat. um what else oh so the mechanics of the candlelight were just so neat um during the day they had, and like oh these chandeliers that had like combined were over 100 candles probably like 126 yeah. candles That's i think neat. something like that um but this meant that your night scenes were in pitch black yeah. not like the light the slight lighting just so you can see some things but like straight black um that's creepy (laughs) the candles also determined how fast people could move you can't run across a stage with a candle and expect Mm. it to stay lit yeah so you'd have these people like moving as quick as they could but they would have to do it smooth uh a smooth transition to not blow out the candle (laughs) so it was just like uh it was it was um crazy how they had to move around just to get used to using the candle right and to not trip over anything or fall off the stage when all you're holding is this torch in front of your face on your hand and you have to like keep a straight face yeah (laughs) well no can you imagine that it's like you need to not walk off the stage all the light you have is about is about five inches in front of you Mm -hmm. talk about night blindness um but this also meant that the actors had total control over their lighting. Normally, mm-hmm. in a, and I know I'm talking quick because we're getting to the That's end okay. of time. Um, <laughs> normally in a show, as an actor, you need to follow where the lighting is. Yeah. If you need to if you need to be in the light, you, have, you know that the spotlight's going to be at this spot at this time, and you need to be there. But in this case, the actors had their own lights. So, so it they was, had to make their own cues, kind of. Yeah, they had to make their own cues, but they could also determine their own cues. They could be a little more free than they would mm-hmm. otherwise. Oh, I see what you mean. So they didn't have to be, okay. These they weren't restricted to those spotlights. Um, and then finally, the last thing was um, there was one particular scene that really caught my eye um, in terms of the lighting. And it was, a, it was a night scene, and it's when Othello is confronting his wife. Mm-hmm. What's his wife's name? It starts with a D. De- I'm not Desdemona. Gonna... Desdemona. Thank yeah. you. Uh, is confronting his wife Desdemona about these allegations he's heard, and it's a very tense scene. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both on edge, and normally, how you would do something like that is you would want intense lighting, and a way mm-hmm. to do intense lighting is upward lighting. Uh, think of a campfire, mm-hmm. telling a scary campfire story. Um, so what they did in this was they took the chandeliers and they lowered them all the way to the ground. So all of the light in the theater was pointing up and was coming up from the ground underneath their faces. Just made a really beautiful picture of That's like cool. of like these intense these intense characters with long shadows in the background. Man. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> That sounded intense. <laughs> and then at the end, they had to blow all the candles out. And in the end, yeah, they had to blow out all the candles. It was a um, great show. I believe it was done by... Uh, the Royal Shakespearean Actors something something or other yeah. um, it's the same group that does 
uh, shows on the globe year round. So, and if you're local and live in Louisville, Kentucky Shakespeare Race puts on a great show in the summertime. They really do. Yeah, um, highly recommend checking it out this yeah. this summer. We'll probably keep you up to date on when they're doing shows. I know I'm going to go see a yeah. few. I'm going to see a few too. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to Hip Squared. Uh, our intro and outro music is by DanoSongs.com, which is a great resource if you need some free music to use for your project. Thanks, Dano. Uh, and if you guys uh, want to help us out, a really good way to do that is to support us on Patreon. Uh, help keep your earbuds warm and cozy with our love and gratitude. It's like the sign says, anything helps. Uh, there's a new update on AmericanFantastic.com. You guys can check out the spring update. There's some photography by my little brother Caleb Beecham, my other little brother Caleb Beecham, and uh, Mike Mays. Some new art by Dorji and Jack Skye, and a new uh, short story by me called That Stone Could Begin to Crack. This is part two. So you all can check out the conclusion. Um, We want to also thank Mayplex Monk for running the boards. Thanks, Mayplex. You guys can check out more of his stuff at mayplexmonk.com and with the creative community on Facebook. Uh, Troy, anything else that you would like to say? I think we've said enough. (laughs) Sorry for talking so quick. Uh, Well, thanks for listening so quickly, too. (laughs) And uh, we will catch you all next time. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.